Hello everyone and welcome to the Counterpoint podcast. A few weeks back, we discussed about the current state of 5G deployment and the challenges that operators and smartphone makers are facing. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the progress of 5G in the United States. I'm your host Ritesh and we have our research director Jeff with us to talk more about today's topic. Hi Jeff. Hello Ritesh and hello everyone. It's nice to be here. Great. So let's talk about our today's topic. So Jeff, how is the 5G penetration like in the US so far? The short answer is it's been small. At the end of 2019, less than 2% of the base had a 5G device. So until now, it's been unimpressive and lower than our initial estimates. A couple of the reasons, Apple uh, is late to 5G. Uh, 62% of the postpaid base is iOS, and without them there, you know, swipe out a big chunk of potential 5G buyers. And then secondly, the U.S. has been late uh, with its mid-band auctions, and uh, this has also affected uh, 5G rollouts. Okay, and so far, how many operators support 5G? All major operators uh, support 5G. Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and the fifth largest uh, uh, U.S. carrier, U.S. Cellular. Um, the MVNOs, uh, Xfinity Mobile, Spectrum Mobile, Altice Mobile, uh, these are the cable players that uh, bundle mobile services. Uh, they also sell 5G devices, and they're particularly important because they've been skimming off the high-end premium net ads that would normally have gone to uh, the big five carriers. And then finally, on the prepaid side, Metro has Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus, and other prepaid channels will be getting uh, a 5G device soon, and um, this is much sooner than we saw in the transition to 4G. And do they support both millimeter wave and subsec bands? Yes, they all uh, all have sub six gigahertz uh, spectrum. Uh, T-Mobile has a nationwide 600 megahertz uh, assets. Uh, AT and T 850. Sprint, uh, 2.5 gigahertz, and Verizon hasn't officially uh, detailed their plans, but it has stated it will implement dynamic spectrum sharing. So this allows the deployment of both 4G and 5G in the same uh, frequency band, uh, something that was not available with uh, during the LT rollouts. Um, US Cellular also has sub-6 assets, uh, with uh, 600 megahertz uh, spectrum. And on the millimeter wave side, uh, Verizon and AT, AT&T have been rolling out millimeter wave uh, for use of mobile 5G smartphones and also uh, planning uh, fixed uh, wireless broadband services uh, over millimeter wave. Uh, T-Mobile also has some millimeter wave assets. They have a few test markets uh, launching. And uh, this past auction 103, 
uh, for millimeter wave that ended a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we thought T-Mobile would be the most aggressive, but uh, Verizon was actually the most aggressive uh, in order of spectrum pur purchases. It was Verizon, AT&T, and then T-Mobile. Um, Sprint did not have any millimeter wave purchases. They uh, basically ran out the clock until their merger with uh, T-Mobile. Uh, U.S. Cellular also has uh, millimeter wave assets and they plan to roll those out uh, down the road. And I think the main takeaway uh, between millimeter wave and sub six in the, the U.S. is each carrier has a plan for broad coverage with sub six and then they will uh, put in for performance coverage mainly in uh, the high dense uh, areas uh, with millimeter wave. How is the coverage like in terms of uh, the states and regions? The U.S. usually starts out with the major metros or the NFL cities, as they usually refer to them. Uh, and the rollouts continue almost on a weekly basis. Uh, Verizon's at ended the year uh, 2019 with 31 metros covered uh, with millimeter wave. Uh, AT&T about the same. Uh, T-Mobile announced they had 200 uh, pops covered with their 600 megahertz uh, uh, 5G and Sprint had 12 metros with its mid-band coverage. Uh, AT&T and T-Mobile uh, have publicly stated they will have a very aggressive uh, low band or sub-6 uh, rollout and have stated by mid-2020 they would be at full coverage. Uh, this is much faster than the uh, transition from 3G uh, to 4G. And I think the reason why is Verizon and AT&T had a big head start on T-Mobile and Sprint, and it cost T-Mobile and Sprint millions of customers and years to recover. So no carrier wants to be left out uh, of of 5G, even if it's for the marketing wars. Uh, so 5G is uh, rolling out much more aggressively than uh, LTE had done. So on an average, what kind of speed do you consistently get on 5G? Ah, speeds. This data is elusive. Uh, carriers rarely talk about it. They rarely want to talk about it, and it's variable, um, so it's it's really tough to say. Uh, carriers um, don't want to overpromise, and t a couple of them have even stated uh, a twenty percent higher average speed than five G. That is a pretty low bar. Um, Myself, uh, I've done tests in five cities for, with sub six, and it did, uh, the speeds did vary uh, wildly. I saw between 100 to 350 megabits per second. Uh, on the millimeter wave side, it was much higher. It was between 700 megabits per second and one gig. Uh, so, uh, better uh, speeds there, but it was a bit tougher finding coverage for millimeter wave. It seems to be, you know, being rolled out street by street. And I believe that the threshold for fallback is much, um, 
is much lower uh, with uh, millimeter wave. I think uh, carriers are worried about drops and so the fallback is much faster uh, with millimeter wave if the signal uh, degrades. Uh, so I think many will think this is unimpressive, but we do have to look back to what the LTE speeds were. These were 20 to 50 megabits per second. So uh, this still is quite a, a large leap in overall speeds. And I think what it's important for is video. Every carrier either owns T-Mobile or AT&T owns of Time Warner assets and each carrier bundles uh, media assets of uh, Verizon, Disney Plus, Sprint, Hulu, and T-Mobile, Netflix. Uh, this experience over 5G certainly will be better. And I think uh, people will see this, especially as uh, 5G moves into the smaller metros where speeds have not been very impressive, even over LTE. And are the 5G plans affordable compared to 4G? This is a bit tricky question. Um, T-Mobile promised to not raise prices for three years if the FCC approved their merger with Sprint. So those two are committed to the same pricing of LTE plans for three years. This puts tremendous pressure on the remaining carriers to also not raise prices. And what AT&T and Verizon have done is they do not offer low-end plans on their 5G service but the costs are the same. And to give you an example, AT&T, a single line for $85 gives a subscriber 100 gigabits of data that will not be throttled uh, unless you go, go over this. Uh, for $50, they'll offer 50 gigabits of data, but they'll also bundle in free HBO you get 15 gigs of hotspot and other carriers have different combinations. So if you are shopping, you really have to study the details. Verizon uh, throws in Apple Music. They throw in uh, cloud storage. They have 50% off of a dongle for uh, of, um, hotspot service. So um, every carrier is slightly different. So you definitely have to read the fine print. What about 5G phones? There are just a handful of them, right? Correct. In 2019, the launches were the Samsung S10 5G was first, followed by the LG V50 ThinQ. Uh, Samsung also um, in August launched the Note 10 Plus 5G. And then there were two OnePlus 5G devices. So very limited uh, during 2019. Uh, in uh, 2020, we've seen obviously the S20 family launched and we expect to see launches from uh, Moto, OnePlus, ZTE, CoolPad, uh, Nokia, and probably another vendor that we haven't seen um, carried in the major carriers. And how are the sales like for the current 5G phones? I guess I would call sales underwhelming thus far. 
uh, the devices have been expensive and carriers have only been offering the large promos for new customers. Uh, you have to churn from another carrier to get uh, the largest uh, buy one get ones or large promos and right now with um, a high percentage of B2B plans and family plans uh, and uh, media bundles that consumers are interested in, churn has been very, very low. So I think it's safe to say the race will heat up once Apple starts uh, uh, enters the market. You will not only have carriers competing, but you'll have Apple versus Samsung and Android um, also competing. Uh, I will note that there has been an uptick in dongle 5G sales, and now there are connected PCs within Sprint and Verizon stores. So they have seen, you know, incremental uh, uptick from 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 these products. Now, with the coronavirus lockdown and everything, how does it impact on the 5G smartphone sale, the upgrade cycle, and more? Yes, COVID-19 has certainly affected 5G sales. It's also affected overall device sales. Uh, a large percentage of the corporate-owned retail uh, stores, the stores that are owned by the carriers, have been closed and will remain closed through the end of April. There still are many channels to purchase devices, um, online channels, obviously. Um, national retailers, uh, Walmart, Best Buy, Target, and there are some indirect channels. So these are channels that are not owned by the carriers, but they sell carrier-specific uh, services. Uh, however, we are seeing a large percentage of the public uh, putting off the purchases because, one, if you have an active and functional smartphone right now, you have larger worries than upgrading your smartphone. And secondly, there's a lot of economics uncertainty right now, and many are just simply putting off purchases. Last week, 3.3 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits. We look for that to continue in the upcoming weeks. And uh, this combination just means the upgrades uh, and new purchases are just down by large, significant percentages. And I'll note that this COVID-19 um, timing has been uh, uh, terrible timing for Samsung. They had just launched their S20 devices, great hardware, best-in-class Android, and pre-orders were moderate to weak. And then as soon as the, the devices hit the stores, many of the stores uh, closed. So um, that was particularly hard on, on this launch. The one bright spot for 5G sales is if COVID-19 lasts through July, August timeframe, there may be a part of the base that would have purchased an LTE device between March and August who now will wait for a 5G smartphone to purchase. And this is particularly the case on the, the iOS side. Okay, and what are our expectations in terms of 5G smartphone shipments in the US for 2020? Our COVID expectations are coming down. 
uh, our original expectation was for 5G devices to grow from under 2 million in 2019 to about 35 million in 2020. This does have two large assumptions. The first being the COVID-19 ripple only lasts until June and then business slowly returns to normal. This also assumes that Apple 5G devices launch on time in the September or October timeframe. But COVID-19 has put tremendous strain on all OEMs and their fall launches because right now is the time where product integration, final testing, and all factory pre-ramp work is being done. And with limited travel, shutdowns, quarantines, this is extremely hard work to complete. Well, I guess that pretty much sums up the topic for the day. I think that was an insightful discussion. Thank you, Jeff, for your time. Thank you, Ritesh. Look forward to doing it again soon. I would also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. You can also follow the CounterPoint podcast on other streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, TuneIn Radio and SoundCloud to listen to our previous episodes. Thank you.